It was a moment of Christmas magic. I was seven. It was a mid-December evening, and it changed my life. Perhaps it surely had the same effect on you wherever you were that magical night. I'm speaking, of course, of the great moment in cinematic history, December 16th, 1987, when the hour-long special on ABC debuted. You know what I'm talking about. Arguably the greatest Christmas movie ever made, A Muppet Family Christmas. Can I get an amen? Amen. You remember it? I know. All three Muppet universes. Sesame Street, Fraggle Rock from down below, and the beloved Muppets together for the first time ever. Celebrating Christmas all gathered under Fozzie Bear's mother's roof. I'm confused by your blank stares. Surely you would not amen if you did not too enjoy this film. You know the critically acclaimed film, right? Well, it's a good thing you showed up tonight. To hear the good news, go out from this place and watch it before the end of the night because it is truly beautiful. The songs, the chaos, worlds colliding, Kermit and Ernie, Grover and Fozzie Bear, Gimbley and Gonzo, Animal and Cookie Monster, the Swedish chef chasing Big Bird around, believing that he found the biggest Christmas turkey of them all. And of course, a two-headed monster dressed like Santa. As the movie continues, more and more Muppet guests arrive with every minute until every square inch of the house is filled. Towards the end of this masterpiece, Fozzie Bear gets everyone's attention. Hey, everybody, my best Fozzie Bear voice. My mother has an announcement. Thank you, Fozzie, she says. And she looks just like Fozzie with wig and glasses. I'd like to welcome you all here. You all, you are all here, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I think so, they reply. Good, she continues, because I'm afraid we're running out of room. Two of you will have to sleep. Hung on hangers on the wall. Cut to Gonzo and Animal hanging on hangers. Gonzo saying, what a fabulous idea. Animal screaming, love hanger, love hanger. See, Mom, Fozzie says, I told you it would be easy. They're all weirdos, Fozzie, but they're nice weirdos. And then, well, they do what Muppets do best. They come together in an old-fashioned Muppet family Christmas sing-along. It is a mess, but a beautiful mess. Now, we certainly are crowded here tonight, and by the looks of things, we do have... A few weirdos here tonight, though, though nice ones. What better setting to engage the Christmas story again? Now, if all we had to go on were the Christmas cards, the carols, and the traditional nativity scene, then perhaps we would believe that Christmas was indeed all calm and bright. But this story is a mess. Worlds collide. There's, not, there's really not a better word to describe the gospel cast than weirdos. Did you not hear the story as we just read it? It's crowded with strangers and scandal questions and doubts. Old Joseph and young Mary still engaged, yet not married, yet having a baby. 
Angels interrupting dreams, heavenly visitors appearing from above to down to earth shepherds, the friendly beast, as the youth sang earlier, an outdoor birth, wise men from the east who had no business even knowing about this moment in Jewish history. Yet there they were drawn by the light and this baby, the one who would bring these worlds together, perhaps the greatest weirdo of them all, the one our faith strangely claims is God born in the flesh, God as a baby. The first Christmas and, well, perhaps every Christmas since is far from perfect, but it is the mess of it all that makes it so very, very beautiful. Low-wage field workers, foreigners who know more about stars than scriptures. Angels come to visit earth, a confused couple and an unplanned birth. And this event itself, a birth, not in a room where things could be nice and tidy, contain. The carols say it was in a stable, but if you notice, the gospel never mentions a stable. Nor does it give us an innkeeper. Innkeepers were cast in the nativity play long after the Gospels were complete. We want the answer where so we can set the nativity scene properly. But the Gospel shies on the details and just tells us the why. This is all the Gospel says. She gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them In the end, he was laid in a manger. Why? Because there was no room, not enough room. But why? We assume they were sold out of rooms. It makes sense. Maybe they just didn't want this scandal in their kind of establishment. But maybe perhaps what was about to happen was so big, there just isn't enough room. A tiny room in an inn could never contain what God was about to do. This birth, it would not just be for the Holy Family. Soon there would be visitors, guests invited by heavenly hosts to give witness. There needs to be more room. Room for shepherds, room for animals, room for new birth, room for us, room for all. For this birth cannot happen behind doors and walls. God comes into the world, not in private, But in public, where crowds of weirdos and strangers, where the whole world can witness the advent of God's love, Christmas needs room. By this time in the season, I imagine your homes are already crowded, packed with out-of-town visitors, generations gathered under one roof to sleep on couches and air mattresses, presents tucked away or already wrapped, filling the room, food purchased, ready to be prepared for a feast. Tonight, churches are crowded, holding the biggest crowds of the year. Christmas literally needs a lot of room. It's easy in the midst of the crowds and a crowded week to miss it all. But there at the center of the crowd remains the baby, the Christ child born unto us again this night. Try to clean it up, but you can't get around it. It's messy. Birth is always messy, but this one so much so the scandal will be talked about for ages to come. There are some who would tell us that Christmas should be neat and tidy. Wouldn't it be easier without all these crowds? We could see better. We could witness better. Wouldn't it be easier without the scandal and the questions? Wouldn't it be easier without all the weirdos? The church has been trying for a long time to keep out 
the weirdos. Perhaps this is why we've added so much to the story, because so much is left ambiguous and unexplained by the Gospels. We've constructed legends and doctrines, built our nativity scenes upon conjecture, and tried to tie up those Gospel loose ends, keeping people out in the process. But we can't clean up this mess. This is a holy mess, and this is how it's meant to be. Keep reading through the Gospels and you will see everywhere that this one they name Jesus goes, the mess seems to follow. Worlds always colliding around him, the holy and the sinners, the insiders and the outsiders, the rejects and the righteous, weirdos all crowded around him. And he wouldn't have it any other way. It couldn't be any other way because this is how it's meant to be. You can't wall this savior in. You can't keep this story indoors. This must be outside. This is for the public. And if we don't tell it, heavenly choirs will burst into the skies, singing, inviting the uninvited to bear witness to the child. For this Christmas gift is for the whole world. So open up the doors, tear down any wall that stands in between, build bigger tables, pull up more chairs. We better make room. Room for the distant family member, room for the estranged friend, room for the sinner and the saint, room for outcasts, room for those on the other side of the aisle and those on the other side of a border, room for weirdos. Make room in your hearts, in your faith, in your homes, in your church, and out in your world. For it is not Christmas if anyone is left out. It is not Christmas if there's not enough room for all are always welcome at Christmas. This story belongs to the whole world. This savior belongs to the whole world. Weirdos and all make lots and lots and lots and lots of room for God's big love is coming into the world again this night. Get ready.